Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. I love when the Holy Spirit moves in a way that even for myself, because I just want you to know, as ministers, a lot of people always ask me, Chad, what do you actually do? A lot of people think this is all I do and I work one day a week and it's not true. I work two. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But when you get up here to speak, I want you to know, look, the biggest thing, in the reason that I literally sweat, the reason that I sometimes am nervous or am nervous is I'm not nervous to stand in front of you. I've got kind of past that. But I know that every word that comes out of my mouth, I'm speaking on behalf of God. And so when you go to get up and speak and you're a little bit like, oh man, am I in the right direction? Am I not? And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just puts it on somebody's heart to come up and share a word and you're standing beside them going, you're taking all my notes. You just know that God wants to say something. And so this morning, I want you to know anytime as pastors we do an illustration, it's not to distract you, it's to engage you. And at the end of this message, I want you to think about the illustration and every time you um, encounter it, that hopefully will remind you of this morning and you will ask yourself, am I infecting the people around me? Am I charging myself up? Before we get into it, as we're heading to two services, um, I haven't even talked to the board about this one, but I feel like I need to kind of confess something to everybody as we step into a new season. Um, Pastor Melissa and I believe that for this morning, for me to minister properly to you, that I have to confess to you an addiction that I struggle with. And I've had it for most of my life, and it started when I was very, very young. Um, We know that things get passed down through generations, and so this was actually introduced to me by my mother. And then later in life, it got a little bit bigger, a little bit worse, and then my father kind of took it to another level. And then my peers introduced other things to me, and it started to kind of overwhelm me and consume me. And things got worse when we lived in Toronto. There were so many things and access to different things. It just began to build and take to another level. And then Melissa and I thought, like, when I moved, when we moved out of the city, it would probably help. I've worked with some professionals to get some help on this. I even thought coming here, a different season, a different place would help. But then living here in Stratford, there's so many different aspects in this town. There's so many interesting things that things are available everywhere. And when you work in the church and you're alone, not everybody can see everything. And stuff can be kind of overwhelming. And if you drive down our street, Main Street, you see stuff everywhere. And so I have to confess this morning that I have an addiction to food. There's food everywhere in this town. And there's a lot of neat places to eat in this town. But 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3 says this, Therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, and every kind 
Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many have tasted that the Lord is good? You realize that it's not just a feeling. We're supposed to taste him. He actually is so good. God's presence is so good. Do we still taste him? And do we still experience that? Have we rid ourselves of all the worldly things? Paul writes and he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3, he says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are worldly, for since there is jealousy quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? See, a lot of times when we look in the church, I don't know about you, but there's so many areas of my life where God has helped me press through sins and press through struggles and addictions. But I don't know about you, but there's still this insecurity in me that will, I have to be careful, it will stir up jealousy. Maybe I'm the only one. Anybody else get jealous once in a while? Right? And like, sometimes it's jealous at work, but sometimes it can be just pure religious jealous. Like, wow, that person looks like they're really being blessed in worship. God, why not me? Maybe they needed it. And it's usually not God. It's usually us. Quarreling. How many people argue about the dumbest things? Spouses, don't elbow each other too hard, okay? But you ever argue about something and then later you're like, I just want to apologize. For what? I don't even remember. <laughs> Do you know I honestly believe, and couples, you can agree with me or not, it depends how honest you want to be in church. How many people, like, some of your most, like, arguments happen in a parking lot over parking spaces? Anybody? Anybody? Right? Like anybody, like you're about to pull into a parking spot and one or the other goes, well, why not that one? <laughs> right? Like, what's wrong with this one? Well, that one. Like, it's just like... Not that Melissa and I have ever done that. Never. I park wherever I want. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but like, really, like if you think about it, think of some of the stuff that we quarrel about. Now think of church life. Do you know, and I'm actually being truthful, Churches have split, people have split churches over color of carpet. I could care less. I've heard churches, they have cafes like we do, and you're allowed coffee in the sanctuary, everything like that, and all of a sudden they redo the sanctuary and they put the carpet in, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, you can't bring coffee in here. It's carpet. I guarantee you some kid is going to throw up on it sooner or later. We just redid our house, and so we are kind of particular on some stuff. And Melissa doesn't realize every night she goes to bed, I eat popcorn on our new furniture, and I'm like eating it, and I'm like <laughs> making sure I'm cleaning it up, and I'm confessing now because she can't get mad. I talked about curly. <laughs> and notice I'm not even looking over there, I'm over here. I know. <laughs> Your sins will seek you out. I said I'm addicted to food. What can I say? 
But isn't it true? Like, we argue over the dumbest things. And I truly believe this is where, like, Paul is talking. And he says, like, if you realize when he talks about us being worldly, he doesn't bring in what we would classify as big sins. Are you jealous? And do you quarrel? Well, that's me to a T. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord. By reading this, I'm so worldly. Father, take away jealousy. Take away quarreling over the silliest things. I looked up some synonyms for these, and jealousy is like envy, resentment, suspicion, and distrust. Quarreling, conflict, disagreement, dispute, arguing, disagreeing in opposition. I love the final question he asks. Are you not acting like mere men? It's a human approach, and we need to be different. We need to be different at work. When people are quarreling over little things, we need to just be different. Let's be honest, there's a lot of things that just don't matter. Even when it comes to religious beliefs, I'll be honest, there's a lot of times where people will get in debates about theology, and my first question is, is it a salvation issue? If it's really not a salvation issue, you probably won't hear me get involved. I just want to see people saved. I want to see people enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't really care what they wear, how they cut their hair, or what, how they dress, what they drive. I don't care what they eat. I don't really care. I just want to see them get saved and get to heaven. I think it's interesting that Paul talks about, says, I gave you milk because you're not ready for solid food. Where are you this morning? In your walk with God, when you walk with the Lord, are you still on the bottle? Now, don't get me wrong. This is where I said at the beginning. If you are brand new to the faith, if you just gave your heart to the Lord, I would even say in the last year, if this is you, that's okay. That's okay. But if you've been saved for five years, and this is still you, how many people know that if when Miles and Emma started school, when they went to JK, now they're, if I'm saying five, SK, if this was on their lunch... How many people know there'd be something a little questionable? Right? Why do we believe in the church? This is so kill okay, we're five years old. I understand I'm talking not age, we're talking years with Jesus. Now some of us, we've moved on to a little bit heavier stuff. I don't know what's heavier. You realize I don't have kids stuff in my house, so like, I'm like, what's first? Uh, I'm going to go with, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, we'll go with both. They're almost the same. I got applesauce and I got baby food. I know, it's almost the same. Do you know they have, like, casseroles in these things? <laughs> I grabbed one. I honestly, I was, if, for those that don't believe in shopping on Sundays, my weekend was busy. I bought this this morning. Forgive me. And I scooted by, and I just saw baby food. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I grabbed it. I started walking. I'm like, I am not eating that. <laughs> I went back and put it back. But, like, I am going to eat it. Don't worry. I brought a spoon. I was. That's my pre-morning snack. But really, if you thought... It, if you thought this is what I ate for breakfast every morning, not half that. <laughs> Gone. And that's carrots. Wow. What do we feed our kids? Oh. I didn't think that went out. Oh. I'm okay. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, that's just carrots. Could you imagine what a casserole in a jar tastes like? <laughs> I broke my jaw once and everything had to go in a blender. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. It was the best waist lock program I ever had. But it was like, this is, if you're eating this, and you've been saved for just a short period of time, that's okay. You've moved on from this to this. That's good. But if you're like me, eventually, you like to work yourself up. Rick, if you have a problem with this, just pretend you're not here. <laughs> so, how many people in the place you know as Christians, we need to work ourselves up to steak level? I am surprised by how many ladies are clapping and men aren't moving. Men, are you drooling? Are you kind of locked in for a second? Ladies are clapping, men are just staring. I only got one. <laughs> Purely selfish this morning. But we talked about jealousy already. It's true. Yeah, we could pray and multiply, but I'm actually okay if it doesn't multiply. So we know in our lives that if you are a full-grown adult, and all you eat is bottled milk, you are not going to be healthy. Right? How many men can just hear it sizzling? Right? I'm either going to have you so engaged this morning or so distracted. I'm not sure. But with food, we need to elevate ourselves in our spiritual walk with the Lord. We need to elevate ourselves to another level as we walk with the Lord. We can't be immature in our faith. We have to, if you don't flip it fast enough, it won't sear all the juices in. If we don't grow in our faith, we are still spiritually immature. The Bible tells us they actually can't take us any farther if we're not growing in our faith. And the interesting thing is, he doesn't talk about him taking them farther. He says, I could only give you this because that's as far as you went. We're talking about ourselves growing in our faith. We need to encourage and support one another to build each other up. This morning, even Brother Wayne's testimony, just to share the story, it lets everybody know in the room, this is what you can do. This is a level you can get to. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just struggling in your walk. If I don't turn this down, i got to preach really fast, so i got to turn it down. Some of you are like, no, no, just preach fast. I just turned it off. It's like, how hot does this get? How fast? No, there's the meet and greet afterwards. I'm still eating here. Sorry. If you don't cook it right, it's just a waste, isn't it, guys? Right? Like, just need a little Montreal steak spice going on. Let incense arise.
I want you to know, that's like the biggest applause I ever got from you preaching before. <laughs> First Corinthians 13, 11 says this, when I was a child, I talked like a child. Then I became a man and I put childish ways behind me. There's certain things we just need to mature in our faith. And, and in the nicest way to say it, we need to grow up. And we need to realize that our Christianity isn't about us. If I asked you right now, if the Lord came back right at this instant and took us, how many of you are going to heaven? Okay, keep your hand up for a minute. If your hand is up, I want you to let you know something. You come here to charge up, but you actually want the service to be for your neighbor. You actually want the church to be reaching the lost because you are getting to heaven. The Bible tells us to go and make disciples. It doesn't say come into the church and just enjoy my presence. Jesus woke up early in the morning. You can put your hand down now, I appreciate it. Jesus woke up early in the morning to spend time with the Lord to find out what the Lord was doing so he could go and do it. When we come into the house of the Lord, we're supposed to get filled up to go out and just share the gospel with people, to love on them, to teach them, to draw them into God's presence. Do you know that I don't have to be the one to ask your neighbor if they want to accept Jesus Christ? You can do that. You can do that. I know some of you have come to me and you're like, how do you like pray to lead somebody to Jesus? I'm like, don't make it difficult. Just tell them to say, yes, I've sinned. Jesus, you died to forgive my sins. I ask you to come into my life. I want to follow you. Done. Oh, Chad, I don't know if I can do it that well. I don't think it's that elegant. Don't make it challenging. Just talk. You talk to God all the time. There's one time that we are supposed to be childish. In 1 Corinthians 14, 20, Paul encourages, brothers, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infant. But in your thinking, be adults. The reason he says this, how many people, so my son, Miles ain't in here, right? I can kind of pick on him for a minute. So Miles, he's adventurous, he's crazy. But if you tell him a rule, he is a rule stickler. So when I take him places where I'm going to be with friends that aren't believers, I have to kind of caution him and say, by the way, you know how we said don't say these words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell people that today. Because you can be talking with us, and all of a sudden, he'll say, like, you'll say something. You can use the word stupid. And he's just like, ooh. <laughs> like, oh. But as Christians, for some reason when we're young, we know good from evil. And we kind of run from it. But it's when we get older, I don't know about you, what, what I've experienced is that we get older, uh, we try to find the gray areas. The Bible says in one place not to do this, but in another place it's kind of a little bit not too sure. I don't know about you, but the Bible calls me to live holy and righteous and to be a disciple of Jesus. If there's a gray area, if you think there's a gray area in the Bible, you know what I take that as? I take that as don't do it. Too many times as believers we take it as, oh, I think it's okay. I've always thought to myself, if I have the opportunity in a gray area to walk on a tightrope or walk on solid ground, I'm just going to walk on solid ground. But Chad, what if you get to heaven and you find out you could do this? Well, then I'll find out that I could. What if you get to heaven and find out you couldn't?
right? I get there and Jesus says, oh, Chad, you could have done that. Oh, can I still get in? Yeah, yeah. You get to heaven, God says, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, can I, can I still get in? I don't know. I'm walking on solid ground. As an infant, run. In our faith, though, in our thinking of evil, run. But in our thinking, mature. We need to grow. 1 Peter 1.13 says this, Therefore, prepare, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you. When Jesus Christ is revealed, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be so, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you called since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. We're not supposed to fit in. Now, don't be strangers to your neighbor, but what they do, be strangers to it. Oh, this is looking good. See, when I think of my faith as I think of food, I think, why would I not want to mature into greater things? Think about it. I remember the first time Miles ate a steak. It was one of the proudest moments of my life. <laughs> Think about it as you watch people around you, as you watch yourself mature in your faith. Think about things that were years ago so difficult and so challenging for you that today aren't challenging. You're in the same situation. You're like, why am I not overwhelmed? Because you've matured in your faith. And the only way we mature is if we go through challenges. If you think of it as fitness, the only way that you can lift something heavier is because you've lifted a heavier weight. If all of a sudden I want to, if I can only lift 25 pounds and I keep lifting 25 pounds, eventually I'll be able to lift 30. If I keep lifting 30, I'll be able to work my way up to 50. If I keep lifting 50, I'll work my way up to 100. And then all of a sudden, somebody will say, hey, can you grab that 25 pounds over there? And mentally, you might go, oh, yeah, this is heavy, and walk over and pick it up and almost throw it into your face. Because now all of a sudden, 25 pounds seems light. This is how we walk in our spiritual journey. We encounter things with the Lord, and he strengthens us. He strengthens us. Do you realize that the Bible tells us we overcome the enemy by the power, of, or the power of the blood and the word of our testimony? Do you realize without a test, there's no testimony? You don't get a testimony unless you walk through a test. I'm able to tell you what God has done in my life because I had to press in and walk through it and seek his face and grow in it. There are things that happen in our lives just for us to grow and strengthen us in the Lord. Hebrews 5 says this, starting in verse 12. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not adequate with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by const, uh, constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. This is how we distinguish. We grow in our faith. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings. Chapter 6. 
Let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying down the foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and God permitting us will do so. Once you get to a point in your faith, you don't need to learn it all over again. If we're teaching it all over again from here, it's so that you can hear it, remind yourselves, but we're teaching people that don't know it yet. And we're raising them up so they can mature in their faith. We have to move beyond the elementary teachings in the word of God because Ephesians 6.12 tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Do you realize that you are in a battle Every day when you wake up, the hard thing that we have to face and realize, if we believe this scripture, there is an enemy that wants to kill you. There's an enemy that wants to kill you and destroy you. It's just the truth. Jesus has come so you can have life to the fullest. I don't know about you, but that intrigues me. That makes me excited. And I love the fact, I mentioned it already, that God is true to his word. In James 4, 8, he says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If we train ourselves, if we draw close to the Lord, he will meet us. He will not withhold himself from us. If you don't feel close to God, I can promise you it's not because he's playing hide and seek. He's waiting for you. Now, sometimes we just have to shift the way we encounter him. If you've had a hard time not feeling his presence, just change the way you get into his presence. If you've always had worship music on, turn it off. If you've always read in this one chair, start walking. Try something different. If you're looking for a different encounter with the Lord, you might need to do something different. If you walk the same path all the time, you want to know what it becomes? It becomes a rut. If you change it up, you'll be able to encounter the Lord in a different way and it'll grow you even deeper and mature you in your faith. This morning you could be here and maybe I'm talking to you and you are new to the faith. Then I just encourage you to stretch yourself beyond the bottle and move to some baby food. And I want to encourage you, that's a healthy step. No one is going to look down on you. If you are brand new to the faith and all of a sudden you realize, I just need to just step a little bit. Where I get nervous is when we think we're not, when we think we're good where we are. It's like if you're out fishing and you're on a boat and all of a sudden you're like, let's fish right in this spot. If you don't drink, drop an anchor and you're not propelling yourself forward, you will automatically drift the other way. If you are not moving forward in God, most likely you are drifting away from God. If you are not intentionally spending time with him, if you're not intentionally reading your word, then you are drifting away. Life has been busy for me, and I haven't got to the gym in a little while. I told Melissa there's something wrong with our washing machine. It keeps shrinking my clothes. But I know that when I get back to the gym, I can tell you something. Because I haven't been to the gym in a while, I'll tell you right now, I can't lift what I used to lift. I haven't even tried, and I can just tell you that. Because if I am not exercising my physical body, I will lose the strength that I have. If you don't exercise your spiritual body, you will lose the strength that you have. Some of us, we need to move on from baby food 
to a stake. Maybe this morning you just need to take some time and not just pray. When was the last time you fasted? I know I'm cooking a steak and talking about fasting. It's kind of, <laughs> nobody's interested in fasting at this very moment. But when was the last time you fasted? When was the last time you took time away from, from different things and distractions in your life? It might not even be food. Maybe, when was the last time you fasted from social media? When was the last time you fasted from the news? If you feel depressed, don't watch the news for a little while. When was the last time you shifted your life just to get sharper in your walk with the Lord? 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3 says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, of all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow in your salvation. And now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Crave pure milk so it elevates you to another place. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We talked about this last fall. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but you now have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. We need to continue growing. I think this verse, one of the things that stands out to me is this. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once we have received mercy, we now need to share that mercy. If you've received the mercy of the Lord, you need to share it with your neighbors. How many of you can remember what your life was like without Jesus? See, without Jesus, I know who I am. Without Jesus, I may not actually be standing here today. I'd probably be dead. Because I know the many times he saved me. The many times he saved me from my own stupidity. And the choices that I made. And I know that he just protected me and drawed me back close to him. And because of the mercy he's given me, I want to share that with as many people as I can. Sometimes I understand that we are not sinners if you've given your heart to the Lord. We may struggle and we may have sin in our lives, but we're not sinners. But we need to remember who we would be without Jesus. Because I can tell you this, if I remember who I am without Jesus Christ, I definitely have more patience and more love for my neighbors. I have more mercy for them. I have more grace for them. Because I am them. Just saved by Jesus. That's it. We need to share Jesus with our neighbors. Do you understand? The way that I believe you can say that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it means that you are a disciple. How many people are a disciple in the room? A disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, before I make my next statement, I'll get you to lower your hands. I was asked this week in a seminar, how do you know that somebody's a disciple? And it came around to this being the answer, one of the answers. Disciples disciple people. 
if that is the definition of a disciple, yes, it's we walk close to God and we walk close to Jesus, but Jesus said to his disciples, go and make disciples. Therefore, if I'm truly a disciple, I'm discipling people. So now if that is part of the definition of who a disciple is, I won't get you to raise your hands, but could you raise your hands saying, yes, I am discipling somebody in their faith and walking with them? And if that's true, I'd also ask you, who's discipling you? See, I need people pouring into my life so I can pour out into other people's lives. If I'm just pouring out, I drain fast. So you need to be a funnel. You need to have people pouring into you so you can pour out to other people. As we are heading to multiple service, we're asking you to share Jesus with your neighbors. We want to show you just a couple simple things we're going to have you do this week. Just got to make sure this isn't burning because nobody likes a burnt steak. You guys could see this fight of live footage right now. You'd be like just drooling. It's delicious. You smell a little bit. You just want to... You hear the sizzle a little bit? It's just... Mm, it's delicious. Here's what I want you to do this week. In the foyer, we've asked you to fill out the surveys, and we asked you to do that because we need to know roughly how we're we doing in numbers. And honestly, next week... If the statistics have us where we have so many of you in one service and not many in the other, we're actually going to come to you and ask you to switch up a little bit. I know people have said to me, like, Chad, you can't really ask them to do that. But I'm asking you to think beyond yourself and realize that if one service is extremely full and the other one's extremely empty, people can't fit in the other one, and it's going to seem empty in the other one. And so we're going to need to balance it out so people, when you bring people, when people walk in through our doors, they walk in going, wow, there's people here. And there's still room for them. So we need you to fill out those sheets and drop them in the bucket. If you did it last week, we just ask you to do it again. It's your name and a check mark. I'm not asking too much. But here's what I want you to do. On your way out of church this morning, if you walk out through these doors, you're going to see a table, and Pastor Carlo and Maddie are going to be standing there, and they're going to have these. They're stacks of 50. Here's the exciting thing. I want you to take one of these stacks. There's a map of Stratford. You're going to say what street you're going to hand these out on. You're just going to put a little highlight where you're going to walk and hand these out. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to pray. Because this without prayer is just a card. That's all it is. But this covered in prayer can be a powerful tool in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's what's shocking to people. When they look at this and it says, join us as we launch multiple services, People are shocked because we're growing. There's another church in town that's closing. We don't rejoice in that at all. It's sad for us. But your neighbors will ask you questions because we're not closing our doors. That will intrigue them itself. And then you walk in the power that Brother Wayne talked about. You're filled with his presence and you just walk and you talk to them. You'll shift their lives. Chad, I don't know what to say. That's where the Holy Spirit will speak through you, I promise. God's faithful to stay to his word. Now, how many people you drive around Stratford, you see all these signs to vote for people? Right? We also have a hundred of these. We want you to take one of these and stick it on your lawn. Now, I want you to know something. Why this is in your lawn, just remember that you represent Bethel. Right? Do I even have, do I have to say more? Like, love your neighbors. Love your neighbors. 
And don't be the crazy Christian neighbor. Be the loving Christian neighbor, not the crazy one. You stick this in your lawn. Yes, that means when you hand this out, they know who did it. But what I'm asking you to do is when you walk up to their door with this, is you stick it in kind of like, you know, the weather stripping? You kind of slide it in there so it kind of sticks out because if you put it in their mailbox, we don't get mail in our mailboxes anymore, so nobody looks in there. So you stick it in there and it sticks out and they see it. We have a hundred of these. We want you to stick them in your yard. I don't know about you, but I drove around my neighborhood and I just started counting where some of you live and I'm like, just in my neighborhood alone, there's going to be at least probably 10 of these. Yes, that means I expect you to have one on your lawn if you live in my neighborhood. But do you realize, I honestly don't know if there's a counselor in town that put a hundred of these up. So we may have more than anybody else. So what I need to know is who wants this one? And this one. You know what? You get the balloon too. There you go, buddy. Yeah, we're doing it. Don't worry. There's, there's six here. This just means you don't have to wait in line for one. Sorry, now anybody on this side, you're euchred. I'm just too lazy to walk back over here, so I'm giving three out on this side. You're getting one. <laughs> see, that's the thing, kids. If you don't see your parents' hand up, you put your hand up. All right, I got one at the back. Here we go. Last one. And you're getting balloons, too, because... They're going to get popped, and then i got to clean them up. <laughs> See, I'm multitasking. Cleaning and advertising. There. Now the rest, you just have to wait in line, but it'll be fast, I promise. But can you imagine what your town will look like? Now, if you don't live in Stratford, you can still put these on your lawn. Because if you drive here, why wouldn't somebody else? Now, if you live in the country and you're like, it's just farmland, well, then sign up for a street in town and come and walk it and pray and put a sign up and get a Tim's. And you don't have to live on the street to hang them out. The reason we're asking you to highlight it is so we don't have five of you walking down the same street and your neighbor coming to your house because you have the sign on your lawn going, why did you stick five in my door? <laughs> That's why we're trying to organize it a little bit. So see, what's going to happen is if we have a whole stack of these postcards left, I'm just going to find the streets where there's signs and just fill your neighbor's houses and they're going to come to you going, why'd you stick so many all over my car? I didn't. My pastor did. Why? Because he's crazy. But sign up. Advertise. This is just a simple way to share Jesus. And people will ask you. People will come. But for you to do this, this is why we have to mature in our faith beyond ourselves. We have to understand when we come to church on Sunday morning, it's not for us. It's for us to fill up so we can go share the gospel. It's for our neighbors and our coworkers to walk in and go, I didn't really know this is what church was like. Now, do you realize, I want to say this one more time, I understand that we get to do what we're doing because so many of you prayed and sacrificed and gave to this church. And the what you're seeing, the growth you're seeing might not be exactly how you envisioned it, but the fruit is there. The fruit is there. The tree might look different, but the fruit is there. 
And people are coming to know Jesus on a regular basis. We just need to mature in our faith so that we, I gotta come up higher so everybody can see. Can taste and see. Lord, bless this food for our bodies. In the name of Jesus. Amen. For, for the record, if I preached over it the whole time, I'm kind of banking that it was blessed before I shoved it into my mouth. Thank you very much. Rick is watching. It's off. Got you, buddy. I know. You know what? I apologize. That was so good. I'm going for one more. If it is cooked right, you don't need barbecue sauce. Oh, no, no. If it's mooing, it's good. If it's not mooing, it's too, it's too cooked. Should have took that one. Now I have to like chew it and just pray amongst yourselves for a moment. <laughs> pray over these cards. I am excited to see what God is going to do. I believe that if we pray and we advertise, I know when you think of church, you're like, why are you advertising? Well, how else are people supposed to know? Do you know that Jesus? When Jesus did all of his miracles, when he was healing people and people were coming to, in relationship with him, the word spread like crazy. We're just spreading the word. We're just spreading the word. And so this morning, right now, we're going to take a second. I just want you to pray amongst yourselves, honestly by yourselves. Pray, and even now, if you already know, you're going to blitz your whole neighborhood, but you know in your heart and your mind, out of all the neighbors, out of the 50 postcards that you're going to hand out, you're praying for one. Now, we're hoping for all of them. But you know in your head, there's one God that I'm just going to walk with right now. Just pray for them. And if you don't have one, pray that God will give you one right now. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to go before us. That Holy Spirit, these are just signs and these are just postcards. But covered in your prayers, or covered in our prayers, empowered by your Holy Spirit, these signs and postcards can change lives. Neighbors that would look at it and go, why would I ever go check out a church? Well, wake up on a Sunday morning and go, I should go to church. Because your Holy Spirit speaks to them. Burn a passion in our hearts for our neighbors that we understand that we live where we live to share your light. We live where we live to share your mercy. And so, Father, give us boldness this morning just to go and share. Just to hand out, go for a walk. And stick out some postcards and stick a sign in our yard. To draw people to a place where you're just moving in a powerful way. And we're humbled by it. And we just want to be used by you. So Holy Spirit, move in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing I want to share real fast. There's only, the only thing better in life, in my opinion, than maturing in our faith and being able to sit down in a spiritual sense and enjoy a steak in my own life. The thing that is more exciting, if you've never experienced, I encourage you to, this is why I'm encouraging you to do this is taking another individual who doesn't know Jesus Christ and introducing them to Jesus and helping them in their walk. 
and watching them as they mature and grow in their faith and watching them and then eventually sitting down with them one time as you're talking about faith and all of a sudden it shifts and they start encouraging you and pushing you in your faith and you realize that that person's sitting at home and they're eating spiritual steak all the time and you had a part in it. As a parent, when I saw my son eat a steak for the first time and there's that excitement and joy in my face, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, sorry, if you're a vegetarian or vegan in the place, I totally apologize. <laughs> Just kind of hit me. I apologize. He was eating your food, so I took him away, and now he doesn't have to eat your food. I eat him. <laughs> Nothing is more encouraging than watching a believer grow in their faith. And if you can have any part in it, it's amazing. Disciple, make disciples. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence today. I thank you for this moment just to stir up faith in the house, to encourage us, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking through two of us in this word of growing in our faith and being more than just coming to church, but impacting our neighborhood, impacting our community. And Father, these signs and these postcards, Lord, they're just a tool to get your voice out there. That, Father, by sticking it on my lawn and putting a postcard, my neighbors might even just draw close to me because they're going through something I didn't even know. And they just want to hear a voice that's different than their friends. And they come and knocking on my door because they know you believe something that I don't and I think I need it. And so, Father, give us wisdom to trust you. Give us patience to trust you. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you now to move through our city, move through our neighborhoods, and, Father, change lives in Jesus' name. We pray over these postcards and these signs, and we just ask you, Holy Spirit, go in a powerful way and impact our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.